Hello, Shalomaniacs, and welcome to a very special holiday edition of Chasing Chalamet. As you all know, with Dune getting pushed into 2021 due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we did not get to review Dune with our friends over on the Torn Stubbs pod. So we thought, let's do a little crossover event. We decided on a uniquely British Christmas film for us all to watch, and we got together to discuss love actually. So what we're doing is premiering the first half of the episode over on the Torn Stubbs feed. So if you're here from Chasing Chalamet, be sure to go over to Torn Stubbs, wherever you listen to podcasts and listen to that episode first. Then join us over here on Chasing Chalamet, where we're covering the second half of the movie. So please enjoy. And here we go. Should we move on to, uh, speaking of inappropriate workplace relationships, uh, are we ready to talk about um, Prime Minister David and his uh, staffer, Natalie? Do you know who he's meant to be based upon? Only because I imagine Billy Bob Thornton as the U.S. president is supposed to be a mix of Bill Clinton (laughs) and George W. Bush. Mm. I would guess he's based on Tony Blair, but was Tony Blair hot? I don't know. Well, no. Com- I mean, compared to Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> he was considered like the the roguish young. Yeah, because we'd had go getter, wasn't he? You know, when he came to power in 1997, the Conservatives, which is our version of your Republicans, had been in power for two decades. So we'd had Margaret Thatcher <sighs> for 11 years. Then we'd had John Major, who was just basically as dusty and grey as an old library book and then suddenly (laughs) tony blair was on the scene and he was this new young hip kind of Mm. yeah brit pop kind of politician and he hung out with like oasis in the the the, you know the the parties that they would have at um downing street but the weird thing is even though hugh grant is clearly a tony blair inspired character he kind of says when he turns up on that first day like oh i'm better than the last the last leader no children and no scary wife which is a reference to sherry blair who is yeah yeah so it's a weird absolutely it's almost like a get out of jail free card that richard curtis has written into the script but he's just basically playing Hugh Grant. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's so what he does, it... with the exception of Paddington 2. <laughs> He's yeah. mostly just um, playing Hugh Grant. <laughs> and um, a, a very English scandal and the undoing. He's, He's really yeah. hitting his stride. Like a brilliant character He's actor. hitting his stride. Mm. Yeah. Because he, he retired shortly after this film, didn't he? He sort of took 10 or so years off. Yeah. He was just like, you know, oh, yeah. fuck this, I don't want to be the the, the the romantic lead in Hollywood movies. I'm sick of this shit. So then he disappeared. Well, Robert, Robert, that is ha- that is uh, unfortunate music and lyrics erasure, and that is very disrespectful to Drew Barrymore. But <laughs> he hates her. Does he hate her? Yeah, he said on um on. Do you guys watch Graham Norton? On occasion, yeah. I, I see. I see clips. Yeah. So he was on Graham Norton, and Graham was asking him um, what he thought of his um, leading ladies. And he was like, Emma Thompson. And he said, mad as a chair, but I love her. Rachel Weiss, she hates me. Julianne Moore loathes me. And then he, <laughs> then he said, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. And he goes, oh, well, like, she hates me. I made her cry. And, and they said, why? And he said, well... <laughs> She was arrogant enough to give me notes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now so, I have to go. Now I have. <laughs> now I have to I'll, go find this clip. I will send you that clip. He is. Please he do. is brilliant. Yeah. I. I think he is phenomenal. He's brilliant on the chat show circuit. He loves doing them. He's very erudite. He's very cynical about himself. But he's he is emerging as a brilliant character actor, yeah. and the darker the story, the darker the character, the more brilliant he gets. Mm-hmm. I thought he was an English scandal, and he was yeah, brilliant yeah. in the undoing. He now that he's starting to play against type, yeah, he's really breaking out, and it's 
interesting now to go back and like watch Love Actually, where he is doing his Hugh Grantiest Hugh Grant, his floppy which is head, which works. He, Jolly hockey he, sticks. He, mm-hmm. oh, I can't wait to use Jolly hockey sticks in context <laughs> correctly someday. <laughs> But he says he is too fat and old to play the romantic lead. And Which I is why it's... he's pivoting now to playing yeah. murderers in Paddington 2 and The Undoing. Yes. And it's weird that in A Very English yeah. Scandal, he his character buggers Ben Whishaw's character. So he's what a dream. Basically, fucking Paddington. That's true. <laughs> Ben Wishaw is so attractive. Oh my god. Not my thing. Not my thing. Not my thing. Is he small? Is he a small boy? He's a dwarf. He's a very long dwarf. Isn't he like five foot five? I'll I'll Google how tall he is. Um I so I will say I like this storyline too. Mostly because I think that they are both both such charming actors. Mm. Obviously Hugh Grant's charm is obviously very very apparent to anyone who has seen a movie in the last 30 years um i'm gonna butcher her name so robert or joshua please remind me martine mccutcheon yeah yeah she she is so that is one of the crazy things about watching this movie is like after after being in this i would assume she just you know like did romantic comedies for She's decades, so she you know, the next pops two, off the screen. She's a star. Like she arrives fully formed. I I think that her the first time she meets him and she accidentally says shit and then fuck and then she <laughs> says oh piss it and grabs her mouth. <laughs> it is one of the funniest line deliveries I've ever seen. It's yeah. she is so you you completely understand why he falls for her. And I feel like while we've spent time talking about the inappropriateness of so many relationships in this movie, there are so many things you could say about how inappropriate it is for the prime minister to date someone on his staff, but you don't really care because they're both so Mm. charming and adorable. Well, it's happened. It's happened in America. Mm. Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And countless times before. And then we had... Mm. Undocumented. Yes. (laughs) But, But we had... So the person who took over from Margaret Thatcher was a guy called John Major. He's the guy who I described as a, an old, dusty library book. He ended up in bed with someone in his cabinet called Edwina Curry, but she wasn't a young, hot lady. She was like a semi the age of a semi-retired headmistress. She was the librarian. So he had a, an age-inappropriate or an age-appropriate, inappropriate relationship. You know, if you're going to steal a car, why do you steal a Skoda? Steal a Porsche. This is the part where I pretend that I know what a Skoda is, but oh, I, it's I like can a guess shit car. Okay, great. Why would you steal a Chevy when you can steal a Cadillac? Okay, that one I do understand. <laughs> and we, we touched on it already, but the fat... Jo- I guess they're not even fat. It's not even the joke. It's just, it's just mean. that everyone in this movie... It's that everyone in this movie assumes that she's chubby, and then, you know, kind of, we've, we've talked a bit about Richard Curtis's blind spot when it comes to race, to have the the only woman of color, other than uh, Joanna and her mother, who don't do a lot in the movie, other than sing Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, to have the only other female of color then refer mm-hmm. to Natalie as the chubby one, and then I think the line that she says after Hugh Grant says, mm. would we call her chubby? She says, I'd say that's a pretty massive ass on that one or something. She's got that thighs degree. like tree um, trunks. It's just, mm. yeah, it's, it's just very different strange. Times. That, yeah. Different times. But also it, around that time, the whole idea of size zero was beginning to creep into popular culture. Oh, yeah. So in size uh, zero yeah. terms, yes, she is fat. But as a regular human being, she's just regular. Size zero crept into culture and this movie with Kira Knightley. She's a size eight. Yeah. Oh, and Mia. Someone because who's she's so Mia's so skinny. Mm. Mia she is. Spoken about I mean, Aurelia's. Yeah. Very small too. All right. Any any other That's... final thoughts on uh, the PM and his his naturally? I think it's. I think there. That's a one of 
they're very charming. It's one of the the relationship. It's one of the things that I feel like has aged a little better. Yeah, I would agree. All right, moving on to uh, Wikipedia says this storyline is Daniel, Sam, Joanna, and Carol. Uh, I think that's giving Carol a lot of credence when her whole existence as a character is is a joke. Um, <laughs> Which storyline is this? This is um, Liam Neeson and uh, his stepson, and then his crush oh, on yes. Joanna. Carol is the character played by Claudia Schiffer. Oh, at the end of the movie that he meets, yeah. Carol, Christmas, Carol. So, so for Josh and Robert, have do you have the the Queen's Gambit? Has that aired over there? Oh, it's on Netflix. I haven't watched it's it. It's on yeah. Netflix. It's lovely. But yeah. Sam Thomas Brody's Sangster is a primary love interest in it. So it's like seeing him seventeen years later. Is this the kid who was in like, Peter this Pan? This feels yeah. Right. It feels weird. The fact that the, he... What is it? Thomas... What? Uh, Brody Sangster? Thomas Singster. Brody Sangster is <laughs> is older than I am, and that very much throws me off. Because so in this movie, he, he looks... Movie? Wow. He looks so like he was born man. in 19... He was born in 1990, so he was probably like 11 or 12 when they shot this movie. He but looks he looks milky eight. and young. He looks like yes. sperm. He looks very, very young. He looks tiny. So, he looks about eight. He still looks right. very young. But with like yeah. but with some he, scruff. He much like <laughs> much like Colin Firth's character, he learns something. He learns the drums very quickly. <laughs> in three weeks. And gets very good. He learned not only did he learn the drums in a week, he was able to fully rehearse with a band before the live performance all within the space of a week yeah so is he because yeah. their relationship clearly is liam neeson is the child and this peter pan kid is the adult it's that kind of susan meyer and julie meyer kind of relationship so is he just this amazing like hyper intelligent weird bionic child who can import information like johnny five in short circuit and then play the drums without even concentrating he can give someone a filthy look while hitting the, the high note he like hitting that that mm -hmm. that symbol <laughs> he's clearly meant to be a prodigy yeah, yeah. i mean he it, he says the script he literally says uh when when his father points out or his stepfather points out that he doesn't play an instrument, he says a tiny insignificant detail. So <laughs> yeah. he clearly knew he was he was just gonna. Oh yeah, you cannot fly. <laughs> he talks like that a fortune. That is a tiny insignificant detail. Cut to yeah. three hours later, he's flying in the clouds himself. Absolutely. Um the the thing that always hits me hardest with this storyline is knowing that obviously, like five years later, Liam Neeson's actual wife would die. Oh, yeah, um, in a skiing mm -hmm. accident, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think um, it it just it twists my mind in like four different directions because I think Natasha Richardson has such Emma Thompson vibes that like to see them in scenes together and then mm -hmm. know what was going to happen, like it's it's very it it is inadvertently very heart wrenching and in a a plot line that's already. You know, it doesn't dwell too much on the mom's death. Obviously, it's very sad and it colors the whole relationship. But there are such beautiful like m notes in that story. Like one of the ones that always resonates with me is when Emma Thompson and Liam Neeson are uh, back at their flat some time after the um, the funeral, and he starts crying, and she says like, "No one's gonna want to date you if you're such a sissy." Like. This, it just it paints that friendship as so deep because only someone who's very close with somebody would feel you know good enough to say that to them and then they have this it's tough love right um i i wrote that quote down <laughs> everyone hates sissies no one's gonna shag you if you're crying all the time <laughs> about your dead wife right which it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, who was in the ground two weeks ago? And again, it comes back to like only only Emma Thompson can make that line lovable. And then I love that the, like the little like and I'm not sure she does though. I found it quite harsh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. And I love it too, especially because then right after that, they both simultaneously put their hands in the box of frosted flakes. And it was just, it just, it, it struck me because I feel like in any, even when there's like a large chip bowl and two people go at it at the same time, someone's always like, Oh, go ahead. Like, don't, I won't, I won't like get in on your tortilla chip action, but they just both shove their hand in that frosted flakes box. So I thought that that relationship worked really well, but maybe it's cringy and maybe oh, I'm I just, think, you know, soulless I think, or I think they have a very close, warm friendship. And platonic, which is Yeah, nice. they were, yeah. They had no interest in Oh, but is it, But then is she's completely though? enamored by Alan Rickman. Which is, you know... But that's love. Interesting. Very foolish. Would, yeah, because I'm not, I'm not. There's a lot of things that Alan Rickman is. I don't know if sexy is one of That's them. love. That's love, actually. <laughs> <laughs> is there a true. comma in the title? Is it love, actually, or is it love, actually? No, no comma. No comma. Love, actually. There should be a comma when he reads it out in the opening. It is love, comma, actually. When he actually when he says it in the opening section. But they don't put a comma in. Yeah, he says it with yeah. his deliveries with a comma. The other thing that I think works really well in this storyline is um, the whole movie you're hearing about, oh my god, Joanna, oh my god, Joanna, like I'm in love with Joanna. And you're kind of like, all right, he's like a schoolboy with a crush, which ultimately I think is what he is. But when you hear Joanna sing, All I Want for Christmas is You, and you see all those reaction so shots of like every character who's there reacting to her vocal performance, like you totally get it. You're like, oh wow, like she is mm -hmm. the ultimate, like I totally get why this boy has a crush on her. It clicks into place very well during that performance. Yes, you understand why he has a crush on a child. Well, he's also a child. I'm, it's, I'm talking it's, about you, Dane. <laughs> no, I don't think it. It doesn't justify running through Heathrow. Um, no security. Or whichever. No. So two points about this scene. One, um, that actress was on the the celebrity version of X Factor two years ago, and she did not win. Um, but oh. she was billed as. Remember the girl from Love Actually? Well, she's fucking back. Here she is. <laughs> two. Two. When, when she gets in the car and little Peter Pan turns to Qui-Gon Jinn and says, but they're going, they're going, they're going. He goes, well, we'll just drive to the airport. There are five airports that service London. And only one of them is in actual London. The rest are actually outside of London. How do they know which one to go to? Because if you go to Heathrow and they're at Gatwick, Christmas magic. It's a two hour drive between the two of them. Christmas magic, my ass. <laughs> and also, he says, it's okay, I know a shortcut. And yeah. it's like, so you're going to get Because he's there a Jedi, he them. can fly. But then, I don't understand why you need a shortcut. He has a particular set of skills, he knows how to drive. <laughs> mm -hmm. I will, I will just say, I think as the one person here who is not perturbed by the airport sequence, <laughs> it's a movie it, it's a movie there's gonna be a grand romantic just yes of between course children it's post 9 11 yeah yes you would get sure one thing i will add i don't like it when children are forced by filmmakers into romantic or sexual situations the the big thing for me was it the end of the first season or the second season of I think it was the second season. Yes, it was the second season of Stranger Things when they all have a kiss at the prom. I think it's repulsive to make underage kids kiss. Mm. So in this film, I was so happy that it wasn't a kiss on the lips. It was just a yeah, a, like a nose rub on the cheek. And then off she went and, to forget and about him. Dane, and... don't get me wrong. I love romantic gestures and I love the idea of it. It is the fact that when I watched this movie, seeing him run through the airport, it made me physically uncomfortable. <laughs> because he could got could get shot, or yeah, because just the idea you don't like children running. Just the or... idea of of security in an airport and just knowing how it is, and even I'm how it running. was at that time. Hmm. That like it's yes. just it made me very nervous. Even though I knew what happened because I'd seen the movie many times, I it made me 
more nervous than I had in any prior rewatch. Okay. Because if he that was arrested sense. that day, he would still be detained now. <laughs> I think another reason it works for me is because it's so the the Joanna thing is very secondary to the moment where when security brings him back and he turns to his dad and th- that look they share and then they hug that is a very beautiful moment to me it's very very sweet yeah um may or may not be influenced by daddy issues I may or may not have <laughs> maybe that's why it works so much for me I don't know if we needed Rowan Atkinson again in that scene. I think in the original script, he had a more expansive role. He he was kind of seen as this like Christmas angel that kind of dipped into people's stories when it, uh, they needed. Because mm. so because in that moment, he kind of you know he allows. Uh, now I he has a name. It's uh, but even I thought you were going to say he was revealed as the real father of the child. <laughs> But I mean, even in the department store, like he's he's really delaying Harry, giving him time to think about what he's doing. Yeah, he's like the slow moving person who disrupts everybody around him, sometimes for ill, sometimes for good. (laughs) I was going to say that's you on the tube, Joshua. He's just a Londoner. He's just a Londoner. (laughs) Get my fucking way. (laughs) Move faster. Filmed at the real Selfridges. Ooh, that's one of my favorite sequences because it? it's so funny and Rowan Atkinson is, is very funny so in that well. scene. Seen him do better. Yeah. Well, usually he gets more to do. <laughs> yeah. Rob is playing the Scrooge in this. <laughs> the Scrooge, I just because I grew up on Black Adder. Yeah. I think Rowan Atkinson. I like it when Rowan Atkinson plays do someone better. who thinks he's superior yeah. and is incredibly vicious when he plays the almost mr bean who can talk character that doesn't no. really do anything for me black hatters so bean. him playing the vicar in four weddings in four weddings so mm. that does nothing for me i love i love him in like black Adder two black Adder three black Adder girl goes four. that that really sniveling english upper class thing he does that really well hmm? he's diverse <laughs> he's diverse <laughs> Yes. So, what do we think of the only sequence to feature? Well, I guess that's not true. I was going to say the only sequence to feature an American character, but we do get Colin and his American sister wives later. But the only American character who <laughs> lives in Britain is Laura Linney's uh, Sarah. We touched on her a bit because she got inappropriate uh, advice from her boss about how she should have lots of sex and babies with Carl. Beautiful Carl. I think she also got inappropriate advice about wearing that hat at the wedding, um, which I'm glad she lost for the reception. Yeah, the the hat, Joshua, the hat is you, bad. Joshua, you texted me last night. You took a photo. You took a photo of her <laughs> sat on the bed with like floppy head designer boy. What's his face, Carl? And you just said she's an idiot. <laughs> Meaning she's an idiot for answering her phone. She's made. She's literally yeah. made her own bed. I think. I, I feel like it's the storyline that would have probably benefited from slightly longer, and like it, actually having its own story rather than being squashed in with this kind of vignette of other stories. Because we don't really understand why she has sort of resigned herself to this life of being attached mm-hmm. to her institutionalized brother. Like she must have given him a phone because there's no way that he could phone her that many times when he's being watched by, you know, psychiatric nurses. So she's given him a phone so that he can call her 20 times a day. What isn't clear until you see her go to visit him is when you're when you when she's answering the calls as you're watching it, you think that he might be living or frankly, you don't know Mm. who it is like. Whoever she's taking care of is living on their own, no. and she's scared for their well-being. So answering the phone in that situation makes sense. When mm. she goes and visits him, and he's Jesus, when yeah. he's in an institution, violent. and he's 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 violent, and he's he's not in good shape. There would be mm. no harm to that situation if she had turned her phone off. Whereas, like, whereas if there's this danger that he could mm-hmm. hurt himself, Absolutely. of course, but. Nothing would have happened, and she might have 
been able to get off. And I, in my heart, I hope that still could have happened. These characters could still get together because there is, there is a fondness. Mm. Also, why are they both working so late on Christmas Eve? <laughs> on Christmas Eve, yeah, <laughs> Fate Dickensian. Yeah, yeah. I think it just started to feel like there had to be a quota for, you know, tragedy versus, um, you know, uplift. And I guess she had to fulfill the tragedy portion of the of the anthology, I guess. And so she wasn't allowed to break out. Do they do they get together in the end? I can't remember. Well, do they get together? No, they're just like kind to each other and <clears throat> um but they're not together yeah. together. But again the this 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 tragedy that's happened And she's still answering the is phone. Uh, is a woman. Let's mm. have a let's have a uh, let's have a fella be miserable. Well, he's miserable cuz he doesn't get he doesn't get Laura Linney, does he? <laughs> yeah. And he clearly they're both working late because they want to attract each other. He doesn't get Laura Linney, which is yeah. which is sad because Laura Linney is a treasure, much like Emma Thompson. However, and that, this is not a slight on Laura Linney because, as I said, I think she's incredible, I love and Laura. any man would be lo- we lo- love lucky to have Laura her. <laughs> but you can't tell me that that. Carl, as Alan Rickman calls him, their enigmatic designer, didn't have other options. No one with a chest like that doesn't have other options. Well, I mean, mm. he was carved out so, of marble and absolutely. brought to life. So... Yeah. He's probably gay. Car- Carl, the character or the actor? The character. Just looking at him, the style in 2003. It, it does appear to be. 100% gay. That's a London gay from 2003. I mean, he should have been going after 100%. Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, well, or, that's or... the other thing I was gonna say. I I love I love that Laura Linney pulls up next to Andrew Lincoln at the wedding and says, uh, "Does she say like, are you into him?" Or no, she said, "Are you in love with him?" Ah, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that she assumes that he's in love with his best friend and not his best. That's actually like the better reading of that relationship oh, is from the like. Sure. I would love yeah. that so much. Yeah. Leave it to Laura Linney to be progressive and. But absolutely shows how shit her gaydar is. Sure, but it is very sweet that she assumes <laughs> that and not, oh, you want to steal his child bride from him. <laughs> it's nice that that is a conversation that can happen. So you're right. I think, well, it's a good point. There, there, no, Joshua, sorry, you made the point of they had to fill their tragedy quota. So mm. they said, let's mm. fuck over the sweet American Laura Lady. American and... Lady. Mm. What else has she been in? Yeah, the American Lady. Give me yeah. some of her other credits. Laura Linney, she's got she's got three Oscar nominations for uh, You Can Count on Me. Uh, she did Kinsey with fellow Love Actually actor uh, Liam Neeson. Uh, and Liam Neeson actually mm. walked... She got an Oscar nomination for that. She got supporting actress for Kinsey. Um, she plays uh, his wife. And Liam Neeson walked her down the aisle at her wedding. And then she was nominated for... Uh, a movie called The Savages oh, that loved, came out in 2007. I loved The Savages. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also, back when it was very popular for actresses in their 40s to lead Showtime series, a la um, Weeds or the United States of Terra, she got a show called The Big C, where she was diagnosed with cancer. A great oh, show if you haven't watched yeah. it. I remember um, that. She is incredible in The Big C. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Laura Lee pops up every week. She was shooting Mystic River when she was shooting Love Actually, so she was flying oh, back wow. and forth between America and London to make those two films. Yeah, she she's a she's yeah. kind of like a an actor's actor. I feel like she's always like she she like has the cred, but she's never been like a a marquee name. But she she's great when she's yeah. She's like a Jennifer Jason Lee level actress. Yeah, decent performance, mm-hmm. like brilliant performances, but she's not she's not she's not like a movie. star. Yeah, which is why, which is why I think she works mm-hmm. so well in an ensemble mm-hmm. like this, because obviously there's a lot of big like name draws here. So it's nice to have an actor who can kind of disappear a bit into the story of of her own story, whereas she can play kind of a supporting character in some of the other little vignettes. That she she works really well in that. But agree all around, she definitely should have uh, ignored the fuck out of her brother and had sex with Carl. Even if he may have been gay, it would have been worth it, I think, for her mm. to do that. Absolutely. 
I've never seen a flat like hers in London. She's got yeah, I was going to ask, like, it's it's like lofted. It's the weirdest room. Like, I've never seen a building like that. It is a bit dodgy, yeah. she says. Just stay down here for a moment. Then she goes upstairs and you're thinking, is she... What's she going to do? Hide the teddy bear. Do? Yeah. <laughs> Just quickly ri- give herself a rinse off in the sink because she's been at work all day. I do love the shot where she goes around the corner and, like, gets really excited for a second. Like, I thought that was a very, like, adorable character moment. Um, and then, oh, and then, yeah. But obviously, that little stairwell is not soundproof, so he'd be like, "She's jumping up and down. This is weird." <laughs> but I'm why is she jumping again. around? I really want to try it with a woman just to make sure. So he just forgets. Yeah, her. he doesn't care. That 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 makes it all make sense. He was probably happy that phone call came in. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, thank God, I don't have to do that." <laughs> Speaking of Americans, we then have uh, our good friend Colin, who wants to travel to Wisconsin with nothing but a duffel bag full of condoms so he can have sex with wisconsin i think he calls them wisconsin babes which uh i don't really think that's a, a group of words that should go together okay but so so let's 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 unpack this a little bit so he, <laughs> he lands in milwaukee and asks to go to a bar keep in mind it's actually pronounced milwaukee um milwaukee <laughs> milwaukee is a t- is a city of about of a half million people and there are probably in the neighborhood of 400 bars at least that you could go to in Milwaukee. Really? So like to ask wow. a cab driver would just pick like the farthest one to get the a fare. But he did he did seem to choose like the shittest. It was bar. it was it, on it, his way home. The set dressing was was fucking awful. I did get uh, it's clearly a room in 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 like Pinewood yeah. Studios or somewhere. The the house that they go to after he meets um <clears throat> Betty Draper. Um that house looks so Wisconsin. The sighting on it, the lights, it looks very Wisconsin. There's there's a realness to the way that looks. But the unglamorous <laughs> nature of Wisconsin <laughs> is is really on full display here. And comedically that's a great do you guys know who chris marshall is he's the guy that plays colin <laughs> i only know him from this Broke movie record. <laughs> so he he's in the bt phone adverts he was in the bt yeah so he was in the series of bt phone adverts uh playing that character basically and he was in a tv he's show old. here a yeah. long-running tv show that been like saturday night live should not have run as long as it did called my family and he plays the eldest child of this family uh you, you know who zoe wanamaker is don't you she was in harry potter at times yeah oh, she's yeah. the yeah 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 so she's the mother of this family and uh, robert Lindsay is the father he's another british actor and their eldest son is this idiot but he just plays this version he can only do this probably as chris he's like He's like a poor man's Paul Bettany. Yeah. He can only <laughs> play this idiot man-child. So for him to pop up in Love Actually is all, exactly. was the, the peak and pinnacle of his career. Everything else he's done has been yeah. variations of the same. So he's not just a random Brit. He's actually famous. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he, he has enough like charisma and <laughs> personality that I kind of didn't take him for just kind of like a, 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 a nothing British actor, but I definitely have never seen him in any, anything else other than this movie. Yeah, this is a, I think I find this storyline so interesting because I, as an American watching a British romantic comedy, I assume that this is what Richard Curtis, I assume this is his commentary on American people, specifically American women. So I do find that kind of like tongue in cheek funny. Like I, I as someone who understands like the the joke of what the American popular culture can look like to the rest of the world, especially in twenty twenty, I do find that very endearing. Like I don't. There's nothing I I could imagine. You know, probably someone who's from Wisconsin like being very offended by that portrayal. But I just found it very hysterical. Yeah. It's, this is just the full fantasy. Right. The part that gets me every time is when... Yeah, this is him. Mm-hmm. This is the character that he probably most identifies with, Richard yes. Curtis. He's, he is, he is you know, Chris Marshall's right. Prime. This is him. And when 
I think I think one of my favorite my favorite jokes in the whole movie is when I can't remember like what he says it in response to probably when they're like oh we're gonna have to all sleep naked in the same bed oh no and he says praise <laughs> the Lord and and January Jones says oh he's a Christian he's a Christian that to me is like what could be a funnier like characteristic joke about <laughs> American culture than that I just I found it delightful. Or when they go, oh, what about? And they name another one. She's the good-looking mm-hmm. one. It is kind of funny. It's almost. It's like how uh, Kingsman. The joke was, oh, oh yeah. the Swedish princess. Like it, I found, like I found that really off-color. Yeah. But it's one step away from that, basically, where it's like sexy, glamorous foreigners. But it kind of, it's. It weirdly is funny because you really <laughs> do think he's a fucking idiot. So the fact right. that he's almost right is actually quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's it, it's a situation in which everyone in that storyline like deserves each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah, that's the one scenario in the film that doesn't even try its hand yeah, at being it's pure fantasy. Down to the last shot of uh, Harriet walking home. Uh, silhouetted in her cowboy boots in her skirt in the middle of de- uh, cold cold December and uh, yeah. you see him getting undressed in the window by the three other actors it's it's just very and I also I love the co- it's like American Pie yes and I, I love the contrast of we, we have a movie where you know in it's two plus hour running time we see all of this, these very like adorable British Christmas decorations in London and the holidays and then we get to America, and they have these gaudy, multicolor lights on their front house, and it's—I it, love that contrast. Like I just—it's it, kind of like what you were saying. It—it was—it's a caricature, but it's so over the top, and it's so—it's so offensive yeah. that it works. If that makes sense. And it, but the thing is, it's—it's <laughs> it's completely, it's completely accurate. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing this Wisconsin and this bar in particular is very working class. Yes, yeah. 100%. That is the bar in that movie. There's no way that Richard Curtis would have any idea what a working class environment would look like. No. No, in, no, no idea whatsoever. Someone else so for him, to shoot that whole sequence. So, so, so for him, he was like, yeah, I got yeah. that. I thought that the thing about the bar, the thing about the bar that got me was, I just kept thinking, if I ever walked into a bar and it was that well lit, I would walk right out because I don't want to be seen in that. Oh my god! Harsh lighting, or just dump your bag by the door and walk away. Yeah. Oh my god. And then I I do love the reveal of Harriet, quote unquote, the sexy one, being uh, oh, what is that actor's name? Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. Yes. Yeah. Seen recently in James and the Bob reboot. Was she in that? Oh. Yeah, she came back and played uh, Justice. Wow. <laughs> Good for her. Good for, I'm glad she's working. I'm glad she's working. Um, well, she doesn't really act that much. She genuinely goes to Africa and does a lot of like charity work. Okay. Good for her. Good for her. Um, so once again, I'm in the position of having to ask if this person is famous in Britain. Is the actress who plays Judy... The other sex stand-in character opposite Martin Freeman is she famous in Britain? No, she's from Gavin and Stacey, I think. Oh, is she? Is I think she might be from the TV show Gavin and Stacey, and she was in From Hell, which we watched recently. She is the the really like the one who goes through the horrific, bloody brain-altering stuff. Oh, that's her. Yeah, that was her. Oh, I didn't even put them together. Gavin Stacy was after this. So Gavin and Stacy right. was at least five years after this. So she's probably completely unknown when she did it. And Martin Freeman was completely unknown as well, I think, when he did no, it. No, The Office had, had hit uh, big a couple of years okay. before. I never saw yeah. that. It's weird that they had to be naked in order to just stand Set in. That's a shots. weird little really weird, quirk. Yeah. That's a very weird quirk. This is something I didn't really understand um until watching it as i was a little bit closer to adulthood are they stand-ins for a porn i was like are they making caligula or something because there is a lot of sex going on in this movie right yeah what the and it's very like opaque like um 
opulent surroundings. Yeah, I was like, they wouldn't be porn. I think it was just. I don't think it was. I don't think it was porn because why would you have stand-ins? Yeah, exactly. The porn just, actors, no. you yeah. just use the porn actors. If you, if there better be penetration. Right. I mean, listen. You know, I've already, I've, yeah. I've already bent over backwards and jumped through hoops to justify liking this movie. So figuring that maybe they were stand-in for porn actors is probably like the least, you know, backbending I've done to make this movie oh, make sense. I do, I do like their little relationship. I think it, I think it is genuinely sweet. Yeah, and it's, it's just like, like it's, it it's like it's yeah, like it's an office because it's very polite. It's very British. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like an office romance. Yeah, well, yes, they're all exactly. just like just stood in line at the post office, just having a chat. Yeah. But they yeah. just happen to be naked and Touching pretending to romp. I do really find it very cringy, and this is a, a choice by Martin Freeman when he jumps off the step. Oh God! I really dislike that. It's like Dick Van Dyke. It's horrible. Oh, yeah. I find it so charming. Really it's... disgusting. Horrible. <laughs> Such a weird, weird choice. It's almost like Richard Curtis said, just just try anything. Just try something. Yeah. And he did that. And Richard Curtis thought, I'm a really good director. I manipulated him into doing that. Probably. Yeah. I will put that in the film. I, I will also say, um, it, because we mentioned the rushed engagement of uh, Jamie and Aurelia, they also get engaged very quickly because it ends with very them going quick. on like their first date on yeah. Christmas Eve, and then oh yeah, into the epilogue, uh, all of a sudden uh, a month later, who, who do they show? And why are they at the fucking airport? That was gonna. Why are they at the airport just to show off yes, their ring? That was that's who are they showing off? They to? are they're they're not there to see anybody. They just show their ring off and then run away. It's it's very it's yeah. very it's so stupid that I think it works. Like it's so. Yeah. If it was, if it was in the eighties, if it was in the eighties, I could justify it that they had gone to the airport to see the planes being taken up, to, to see the planes take off. They're there with Chris's friend, who what, who they work with, aren't they? No, no, they they happen to bump into that that guy. Oh, right. But in the eighties and the nineties, we used to go to the airport just to sit in the cafe and watch the planes take off. Oh. But you can't do that anymore in the post nine eleven world. No. Yeah. So why are they at the airport? What are they plotting? It's a good question. Mm. Uh, just... There must be a fan theory about this somewhere. Well, they're 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 clearly child trafficking. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was John and Judy the whole time. And their disguise is they're a newly they're a newly engaged couple. That's their cover. That's fair. I'm just reading on the Wikipedia. It says that they attend the Christmas pageant. I don't remember them being at the pageant. Aren't they on a date at the pageant? Yeah, yeah they do. They do date. because when they walk in, when they walk in, he, he someone's like, "Oh, how did you meet?" And they're like, "Um, uh... um don't know why they're there though, because neither neither one has." Children. They love <laughs> oh live God, entertainment. The they're supporting theater. <laughs> yeah, they're supporting theater. Patrons five of the arts. Oh my God. It took ages, David. <laughs> Eight is a lot of legs, David. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so, Robert, I have to ask to close things up here. We've spent a lot. I feel like you you seem to be very charmed, and Joshua too. You seem you both seem to be very charmed talking about this movie, but in the end, you don't think it's a good movie, correct? <laughs> oh no, you cannot call this cinema. <laughs> this is not cinema. This is, like I said, this is a series of hideous <laughs> Christmas adverts strung together under the, the title of love, no comma, actually. Okay. In fact, I, I had it on this afternoon, just uh, refreshing the horror. <laughs> and a bit, like, a bit like the way people watch Holocaust documentaries, <laughs> just to remind themselves, because we cannot ever forget, should never forget, <laughs> <laughs> and while I, I, I was watching it, and when that girl, when that girl started singing, she gave me goosebumps, bad bumps. Yeah, like nails on a blackboard, kind of goosebumps. I, I got like goose flesh, and I felt it's it's interesting to watch in the same way that it's it's as hideous as a car crash, but you want to watch or a body falling out of a plane and, and flipping over and flailing to the floor. Oh my God. <laughs> it's great to watch, but you don't want to actually be 
part of it. <laughs> but in closing, there is a charm. There is a charm. It is a terrible, terrible movie. And on behalf of all Brits, I apologize for this hideous behemoth that we have put upon the world. But it is charming. <laughs> and it's popular with some people. Uh, Joshua, do you want to do, do you want to co-sign on that statement, or do you have more to add? I mean, I, I can't add any more to that, really, can I? I mean, that's just that's a work of art in its own in its own. Yeah, way. I I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's really boring because it never stays still. It's it's what is it? It's like eight romantic comedies concertinaed into one film. It's like the uber rom com, and it it <laughs> never it never loses the buffet. Yeah, it never loses traction like a lot of rom-coms do because it doesn't have to fill the time. You know, like I was watching it with Tom, my boyfriend, yesterday and he loves it. Um, and he basically said, you know, it kind of works for him because each each um, storyline is basically four scenes. You know, you get the meeting, the falling in love, the problem and then the resolution. Like that's basically what you get eight times with each of the stories. So I, I can kind of see why... It is a kind of like a Moorish thing, but it's almost like full, it's like full fat Coke. It, it's like, it tastes kind of nice, but then you feel like shit afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Do you feel guilty for watching it? Guilty and dirty. Uh, I can live with it. Do you feel dirty when you drink a Coke? I'm really sensitive to sugar. It's not good for me. <laughs> no, that's 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 an apt metaphor because I do feel like this movie is the ultimate like Christmas cream puff. Like it is delicious and creamy and light as air and feels like nothing. But as you take it in, you are you are inhaling 500 empty calories and the the joy is of like what what is what what is uh, Rowan Atkins would say. Tis but the the work of a moment to watch love mm-hmm. actually, and then have to sit with what you half half wrought by watching it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I I do like it. I do like this movie. I think mm. it is very good, and uh, I think when I'm probably being more fair to it than I would be to a lot of movies, I'm grading it on a curve because of. Uh, the nostalgia makes me feel like I said it, it gives me this uh, even though maybe it's not the raunchiest of Christmas raunches it to me at a tender young age it felt like one um, you know I guess we're not getting you know like levels of like black Christmas gore or um, I don't know I'm trying to think of another Christmas movie with copious amounts of nudity but I can't at the moment um, I do enjoy this movie I think it it in some ways it's aging really well in other ways it's aging terribly but um there even even with the the 911 coda and beginning there is something just very 2003 about this movie that could not be replicated today and i find that endearingly charming i see the charm of it um it's i don't think it's going to be something that i will it's not a film that i will continue to revisit um, but I understand that people enjoy it. It is very 2003. But if I want to watch Christmas 2003, I I will opt for Lady Bird instead. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. And when God. you when you said Christmas yeah. 2003, I thought of another movie I have not re- rewatched, but came out around the same time, which is stars uh, a character that we didn't really talk about too much, but Billy Bob Thornton as Bad Santa. I forgot about that movie. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that either. I've never seen... No, I've never seen Bad Santa. Is that Terry Zwigoff? Uh, yeah, I think it Terry is. Terry Zwigoff directed yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Will, have you seen Bad Santa? I've, I've I don't think I've it. ever seen it. I saw it when I was... Well, that's next year's collaboration. I think, it's, oh, I yeah. think it has to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we, maybe we should make this a, a yearly tradition and next year the American movie... Mm. Well, you guys can pick Bad Santa, and we'll have to rack our brains for uh, a Christmas movie that you guys a might Hanukkah actually. Movie. Yeah, a Hanukkah movie. That was... mm-hmm. what, what is, this, is there like a great British Hanukkah movie? No. <laughs> we'll make one. I quickly. don't think there's a great. 
any I don't even think there's a great Israeli Hanukkah movie to be honest. I, Hanukkah doesn't really doesn't really lend itself no. to movies, does it? I call I call a <laughs> we could, we could watch, movie. We could watch Rachel Weiss in in Disobedience. That that's that's very oh, Jewish. Yeah. It's yeah. not a Hanukkah movie though. The show Rugrats oh. has a great Passover oh, I episode. I bet film. they've got a good Hanukkah episode too. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe Timmy will have done something Christmassy by then. I know he did the Love Coopers. the Coopers. A tra- a trashier piece of the first degree. Mm-hmm. It's so good and it's so bad. I have a question. I mean, this is a romantic comedy at heart. And quite frankly, no romantic comedy should be over two hours. Which vignette would you cut out in order to get it under two hours? See, my initial, my gut reaction is the Julie, Mark, and Peter, so you lose the cringy fall in love with your best friend's girlfriend. But then without that scene, you don't have the placard scene, which I feel like is what made Love Actually a hit, is like that moment. So, I. But with that scene, doesn't the film have two climaxes? Because you have the placard scene, but then you have the concert yeah, scene. Yeah, that's true. So you don't mm. need the placard scene to get that climax feel. Obviously, every story has a climax yeah. in this film, but... Laura Linney doesn't get a that, climax. Joshua, I can see you smirking. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the concert is the climax. Uh, Will, I don't mm. want to rush over Obviously, your... Laura you Linney made a great joke a about Laura Linney not getting a climax. So I just want you to know that that was heard and yes. appreciated. Okay, I well, it was going to make the final cut when I edited this anyway. Uh. Um, I I would cut Colin and the American Girls just because I feel like it's while it's funny, it is a little superfluous. Hmm. There's so many odd cuts. <laughs> I would I would cut the um, I would cut the Andrew Lincoln Keanu yeah, Knightley definitely that yeah. has to go. It just Can't it's abide. creepy. It's it's strange. Just doesn't it's work. Just, yeah, and it's so tonally weird mm. to the to the other stories because it's not a successful love story, and it's not the tragedy of the Laura Linney mm-hmm. story. Mm. It's this weird, almost like in a weird way, she's cock teasing him because she's like, okay, yes, you will get over me eventually, but then she runs out to give him a kiss. Mm. Why? Yeah. Don't lead him on. Yeah. She definitely shouldn't have done that. But she's a teenager. What does she know? Yeah, she doesn't know any better. Yeah. She's 17. Or maybe she had maybe she had a piece of paper with, like, help me, I'm being trapped <laughs> in her teeth, and she passed it into his mouth. And he actually goes off <laughs> to get help. It's, I mean, could that be the sequel? Would you want a sequel, Dane? Well, we did get a sequel. Didn't Richard Curtis uh, write and direct one of those Red Nose Day specials that was a Love Actually sequel? Oh, uh, yeah. Red Nose Day, actually. Wasn't... Oh, I thought they did a... Um... I thought they did a, a Four Weddings and a Funeral sequel. Yeah. I think I saw it, and it was like a minute long. It was really not worth it. Ah. So what happened in the... Uh, in the comedy sequel i think sam sam and joanna are getting married or sam's gonna propose to joanna it's it's something like that a lot of the cast returns rowan atkinson's <laughs> in it uh thomas Brody sangster uh we got schweitel Ejiofor. Oh. we've got colin firth hugh grant kira knightley andrew lincoln uh lucia monez who plays aurelia uh liam neeson shows up bill nahi's back uh Olivia Olsen as Joanna's back, uh, and we've got a little cameo from, I believe it's Kate Moss, who's now married to Andrew Lincoln's character. Uh, which is oh, because she was on the, the placard, She is on she? his little, like, mood board of, like, women he could be dating yeah, that he shows to Juliet, so that's cute, I guess. Martine McCutcheon is in it. She's probably just happy for the work. She did a load of yogurt adverts at one point. <laughs> yeah. Yogurts that are meant to, like, sort out your digestive system. So she's obviously got some constipation problems. But not anymore. Not with the no. lifetime supply. <laughs> no, not anymore. Oh, wow. So she's like the British uh, Jamie Lee Curtis with her uh, Activia. Mm. Wow. Oh, good and for it's her. Got, it was like a US version, apparently. 
Well, they added back in Laura Linney's character. Oh. But she wasn't in the UK broadcast. Yeah, in the US version, Laura Linney comes back, and now Patrick Dempsey mm. plays her husband. So I guess she did get to, you know, bang a hot guy in the end, which is, you know, exciting. So she finally figured it out. This this film, like, kicked off a whole string of these ensemble mm. films. Oh, yeah. Had New, New Year's Eve, which I actually quite like. <laughs> um, and... Then there was Valentine's Day. Mm, Mother's Day. I love Paris. I love Berlin. Oh yeah. But then they just died. You know, there's no there were three there were three, right? And then that was it. Yeah, that was like Gary Marshall's thing for the last couple of years before he died. He did. Oh, of course, yeah. That will explain. Oh, was he making them? Well yeah. he made oh, he didn't did make he the Jatam, but he I mean he did all of the the of holidays. The French title, of course. Mm. He did. First was Valentine's Day, then New Year's Eve, and then uh, Mother's Day was the last one, I think those i've seen is valentine's day and i didn't like it and i've just heard the other ones are terrible don't bother we did new year's eve on the podcast about three years ago and it surprised me how much i actually liked it i found it really so you watch it every year on new year's eve oh no 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 i haven't watched it ever since no 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 no. it's a one-time only thing well guys it's been so great to talk to you i mean it's sad we didn't get to talk about Dune as planned, but, you know, hopefully as we roll into 2021, we'll beat this whole pandemic thing, we'll get Dune in theaters, we will see it, we will talk about it, finally. Denny Villeneuve took a shit on AT&T from a very, very mm. tall position, basically saying, fuck you for fucking us over. I am, yeah. I, and I will be, I will be frank, I, I do not want to watch Dune at home it is going to be too big and too dark and too i guess we'll see what happens but come hell or high water we will be talking about dune eventually yeah we'll just fly over here because it'll it'll come to cinemas over here we don't have hbo max we're good well i guess once uh they let us travel again we'll we'll just have to make our way yeah across the pond to see (laughs) dune Again, thank you guys so, so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you. This has been great. We've actually spoken about the film for longer than the film it runs for, and the film runs for far too long. Well, we do like to ramble, but that is what we have Will for. He is the expert editor. He cuts all the fat, trims it up, and makes us sound far more intelligent than we actually are. I sure will. Robert, before you guys go, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find Torn Stubs and listen to your show? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and pretty much all the other podcatchers. It's Torn Stubs, and we are a movie podcast. Joshua, let them know about our Twitter. Oh yeah, we're on Twitter, at Torn Stubs Pod, and uh, you can swing by there to get various... Pieces of abuse from Rob, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> mainly, I'm just mainly I just use that Twitter account to plug our own pod yeah. and like other people's. He's nice. Twitter's really. a vicious place. It's vicious. yes. Why yeah. we continue to subject ourselves to the Bird app, I will never ever know. Uh, will, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you online? Sure, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Will W-I-L-L-B-I-B-Y. Amazing. Uh, well, I am on Twitter and Instagram as the Dane McDonald. The show is on Twitter at Chalamet Chasing. On Instagram, we are Chasing Chalamet. Uh, we don't know exactly when we will be back next. We have a few things that we can uh, do and record hopefully soon some things we've talked about doing for a while uh as uh you know the french dispatch and dune uh are slated to hopefully come out in 2021 if and when they do we will definitely be talking about those so keep an eye out on the horizon if and when those get released again thank you guys so much for listening we hope you've enjoyed this special holiday broadcast of chasing chalamet and we hope wherever you are listening you are staying safe healthy and happy uh merry christmas happy hanukkah happy holidays to each and every one of you and all of your loved ones thank you guys so much and as always until next time later